And today we're going to step into part two of a brand new series that we started last Sunday. One church, one vision, and then we added that last little phrase, multiple locations, right? So last Sunday uh, we made our big announcement. We said that... uh, we are going to take that next step in the vision that God has given us, right? So what is our next step? We said our next step is to take one church with one vision and begin to go to multiple locations. And we have set a target date for Easter 2019 to launch our Holly Pond campus, Liberty Church Holly Pond in 2019. Somebody come on and give the Lord some praise about some exciting opportunities. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and save the date, right? June the 10th is our save the date. We're going to have our first interest meeting is what we're calling it. Uh, and if you are interested in any way, form, or fashion to find out how you can maybe be involved in launching that Holly Pond campus or how you can continue to be involved in what God is doing right here in Arab, Alabama, because one of the most exciting things about having a spirit of multiplication is as we multiply and grow, we're continually creating places, not just in new places for people, but continually creating places right here in Arab, Alabama, so that each and every person can really begin to step into what God has called them to do. So Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, we read this together last Sunday. We're going to start there again. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I put in parentheses there, cast off restraints. That, literally, that is literally what it means, where there is no Vision, the people perish, they cast off restraint. So if you look at that first point on your outline, no vision equals no restraints, right? If you don't have a vision for your life, if you don't have a vision for your family, for your finances, for your future, then guess what? You'll just do anything you want to do, right? Whatever comes your way will be the thing that you'll give your life to. But when you begin to get a clear vision for your life, right? A clear vision for your life automatically creates divine restraints. I call them holy no's and holy yeses, right? When you have a vision for your life, all of a sudden there are some holy no's. There are some things that you have to say no to. Why? Because there are some things you have to say yes to. And you can't say yes and you can't say no to everything, but when you begin to get a vision for your life, all of a sudden you begin to realize there are some divine restraints. There are some Holy Ghost parameters that God puts in place in our lives to keep us moving in the direction that he has called us to. And I know that we've been talking about a corporate vision for the church here uh, in Arab, but I want to encourage you to really begin to pray and think about, God, what is your vision for my life? What is your vision, at least for this season in my life? Because I found out different seasons, God has different missions and purposes and plans in our lives. So God, what is your vision for this season of my life? And then begin to clarify that through prayer and the Holy Spirit, through godly counsel, and then begin to determine what are the divine restraints, right? What are the things that if I'm going to do what God has called me to do, I've got to say yes to? And what are the things that I've got to say no to, right? You guys have watched me over the last year. I've lost 60 pounds and trying to get in shape, live long, and preach the gospel. And I've learned that there are some divine restraints to doing that, right? I've got to say yes to broccoli and no to cake. And that's sad and tragic, right? It's really a horrible thing to have to do that. But that's the reality, right? Because when you begin to get a vision for your life, all of a sudden there are some holy yeses and there are some holy noes. There are some things that you have to do and there are some things that you cannot do because that is not the vision that God has for your life. So as we talk about corporate vision, I want you to really go home from these Sundays, not just thinking about the vision of God for Liberty Church, But I want you to really begin to pray and seek God for God's vision for your life. 
Now, I believe your vi- God's vision for your life, I believe, connects you to God's vision for Liberty Church because I don't believe you're here by accident. I don't believe you just wandered in the doors accidentally. I believe that God divinely brought you to this place at this time, like Esther, for such a time as this, so that we can join our hearts and our lives together to accomplish His vision. And when we accomplish His vision, we find out that we find fulfillment in our hearts to His personal vision for our life. So I believe your vision, God's vision for your life, is divinely connected to God's vision for this church and that when we all begin to do what God has called us to do, astounding, amazing things begin to happen. Amen? And I just want to say to you today as your pastor, that really is my heart. And I'm just going to say this to you also. There are things that I can do and we can do as a leadership in the church uh, and we're willing to do those things. But what we can't do is we can't seek God for you. Right? You've got to seek God for you. You've got to take the time to get along with God and find out, God, what is your vision for my life in this season? And then, Lord, how do I begin to give myself to that? And what are the divine restraints that come with that so I can say yes to the things I need to say yes to and no to the things I need to say no to so I can accomplish your vision for my life? If you'll do that, let me just give you a promise today. We'll do everything we can do as a church to help you take those next steps and to come alongside you and partner with you in God's vision for your life because I'm just going to be real honest with you, nothing really does excite us more than to see God's people step into God's vision for their lives because amazing things really do happen when that begins to come together. Amen. So we said last week the vision of Liberty Church is really simple, right? The vision of Liberty Church is to reach out and raise up. We exist to reach out into a broken, hurting world and raise people up into their full potential in Christ. We don't exist to create a Sunday morning social gathering. We don't exist to create more rules and regulations for people to jump through. No, we exist so that we can reach out into a broken, hurting world and raise people up into their full potential in Jesus Christ because we believe every person has value and every person matters and God created you with purpose. Amen? And you were intended to live your life for His glory. And only when you begin to live your life for His glory will you find your purpose and find fulfillment in life that only comes through Jesus Christ. And so that's why we exist. 1 Samuel 22 verse 2, we shared this verse last week. This is the foundational scripture God gave us over 20 years ago when I was seeking the Lord and asking God why. God, why do you want us to start a brand new church? Why do you want us to plant another church in Arab, Alabama when we've got a church on every corner and this is what God said 1 Samuel 20 22 verse 2 and everyone who was in distress and everyone who was indebted and everyone who was discontented gathered themselves to David and he became captain over them and there were about 400 men with him and when I read that scripture God said to me very clearly he said Keith the reason I want you to start a new church is because people are distressed they're living under the oppression and bondage of the enemy and they're not finding the freedom and the victory that my son Jesus died to give them People are indebted. He said they have a genuine desire to serve me and live for me, but they're not finding a place where they're being trained, equipped, and released into the gifts and callings that I have for their life. And people are discontented, he said. He said people have recognized there's got to be more to life than life, and they want to connect themselves to the greater vision of God on earth, and that only happens through the local church. And so God said, I want you to create a a place where people find freedom, where people are trained, equipped, and released, and where people are connected to God's vision and passion for their life. And that's why we're here today, amen? And that's why we're all in this room today. And if you're honest with yourself, you can probably say you probably fit into one of those three categories, right? You're at Liberty Church today because somewhere along the line you realize you need to find freedom. 
Somewhere along the line, you realize, hey, I've got a debt. I want to serve God. I want to live for God. I need to be trained and equipped. And somewhere along the way, you realize there's got to be more life than life. And I want to connect my heart to other people who are connected to the heart and vision of God and make a difference that's going to last for eternity. And that's why we're here today, man. That's why we are all gathered together in this room today. So, I told you last Sunday I'm going to answer the question. Here's the question, right? Why in the world are we going to go to Holly Pond? Of all the places we could plant a church, of all the places we could launch a new facility, why in the world are we going to go to Holly Pond, Alabama? So today I'm going to share that with you. So look, before I kind of tell you why, let me give you some statistics that kind of lead up to it. They're going to put these on the screen. These are some church growth statistics, and I love church growth statistics, and I've been studying church growth statistics for years. And uh, for over five years, we have been purposely pursuing God through prayer, counsel, and wisdom on how can we take the next step, God, in what you've called us to do. And we've been praying about planning campuses and opening other locations for many years. And uh, so for over five years, I've been looking at these statistics. And these statistics tell us that 46%, look at this, 46% of people who attend a church, attend church, uh, attend a church of 100 people or less. 36% of the people that are in church today attend a church between 100 to 500. And, and the reality, the real statistic there is about 90 to 95% of those people actually attend a church under 350 in number. 9% of the people that attend church attend a church between 500 and 1,000. And 8% of the people that attend church attend a church of 1,000 or more. September of last year, I was in Pittsburgh preaching, and it was a Saturday, and I had a couple hours between ministry time, and uh, so I just had a couple hours alone, and I was just spending some time in prayer. And I had my iPad out because that's how I study, and I, and I, I, I just look up and do a lot of research there, and I was, I was praying and studying and just spending some time with the Lord. And I was asking God for vision. I was asking God, Lord, what's that next step? What do we need to go do to go to that next level? And I was actually looking at these statistics. I had pulled them up online, and I was looking at these statistics. And I'm just going to be real honest with you. Let me just give you some pastoral confession here, okay? When I looked at these statistics, I'm going to be honest with you, I wanted to be in that top 8%. I wanted to build a church of over 1,000 people. I wanted to build a mega church in Arab, Alabama. And even though I shared with you last Sunday, right, that God's vision for Liberty Church is to build North Alabama's greatest church, and he was very clear from the beginning, I didn't say biggest church, I said greatest church, because a great church has a great impact and has great influence in the community in which it's planted. But I'm just going to be real honest with you, I wanted a big church. <laughs> I really did. I, I wanted to see us grow, and I felt like that as we continued to grow and got bigger and bigger, we would continue to have greater impact and greater influence. And so for over five years, I'd been looking at those statistics and I'd been asking God, Lord, how do we break that barrier? How do we go to that 500 to 1,000 church? How do we break that 1,000 number mark, God, where we can continue to do what you've called us to do and reach people? Because even though I said bigger is not better, sometimes we think that. Right? Sometimes we think bigger is better, right? When you look at your paycheck, you think bigger is better. Right? But we recognized last Sunday, bigger's not always better. Better is better. Better is better, right? Bigger's not better. Better is better. And so I'm looking at them statistics, and I'm praying, and I'm asking God, how do we become that top 8%? How do we break that 1,000 uh, 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 percent number, that 1,000 that people number, God? Number God? I'm just crying out to the Lord. And all of a sudden, I had a God moment. You ever had a God moment? Amen. Aren't you thankful for God moments? Yeah. I am so thankful for God moments. 
And so I had a God moment. And in that God moment, the Lord said, Keith, you're totally looking at this wrong. He said, you're totally looking at it wrong. Look at that next point uh, on the screen, and you got it on your outline. He said, Keith, 83% of the people that are actually being reached with the gospel through a local church are being reached through churches that are smaller than 500. He said, the mega churches are only reaching 8% of the people. But 83% of the people that are being reached are being reached through churches, most of them 350 and smaller. He said, Keith, people are not going to mega churches. People are going to smaller churches where they feel like they connect and build relationships and can actually get to know the people that they are worshiping with. He said, and you've been trying to build something that's targeting the smallest number instead of building something that's targeting the biggest number. And then the Holy Spirit spoke this to me very clearly. And how many of y'all know I'm a, I'm a 100% convinced that God speaks redneck? Right? God speaks whatever language you speak, right? If you're in Africa, he speaks Africa, right? If you're, if you're in Mexico, he speaks Spanish. Wherever you're at, God speaks whatever language you speak, and God speaks redneck. God knows how to speak in just a way that you actually understand what he's saying. And this is what God said to me. Look at this next screen. I heard the Lord say, I want you to build Dollar Generals and not Walmarts. <laughs> I told you God speaks redneck. He said, I want you to build Dollar Generals and not Walmarts. And then this is what he said. He said, Every, look at this, every community deserves a life-giving church. Every community deserves a life-giving church. And then he said, in any community that can support a Dollar General can support a life-giving church. And all of a sudden, I'm just going to say this to you with all honesty, all of a sudden my mind exploded. I'm just telling you, my mind exploded with a whole new level of ideas and concepts and, and opportunities and potential. And all of a sudden, for the first time in over five years that I've really been seeking God, Lord, how do we go to that next level? How do we go to that next level? How do we go to that next level? For the first time in over five years, I saw it as clear as I could see it. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt, not only was it possible, but we were going to do what God said we could do because God said we could do it. Amen? Amen. So the Lord said that to me, and again, I got my iPad there, and I just I Googled Dollar Generals and ARAF. And I found out in a 24-mile radius, there are 23 Dollar Generals. And in a 24-mile radius from ARAF, there are six Walmarts. And again, God just continued to confirm that the potential to do what he had called us to do was now enlarged beyond anything we had ever begun to imagine. That every community, not just big cities, but every community deserves a life-giving church. North Alabama's greatest church, a church that will impact and influence a city and a community for the glory of God. And so today, why Holly Pond? Because immediately after God said that, immediately after the Holy Spirit quickened in my heart, I want you to plant Dollar Generals and not Walmarts, he said, and your first campus is going to be in Holly Pond, Alabama. Now, other than that, I don't have a good reason. But I learned a long time ago that if God said it, it'll work. And if God doesn't say it, I can't do anything, right? I've had a lot of great ideas. Kelly can tell you all the time, every day I have ideas. 
every single day I have ideas of all these amazing things we could do for the kingdom of God. But until you get a green light from God, you can't do anything. For over five years, we've been praying over three cities. We've been praying over city, the, the, the city of Coleman. We've been praying over Huntsville. And we've been praying over Alberville. And we really believe that we would plant our, first, our next campus in one of those three cities because those are the three biggest cities around us that are growing and maturing and building because we were thinking, how hey, are you going to build a big church? If you're going to build a big church, you've got to be in a big city so you can build a big church to reach lots of people with the gospel. But for over five years, we never got a green light. God never said go to Coleman. God never said go to Huntsville. God never said go to Alberville. And I'm not saying we're not going to go to any of those places. But I am saying for five years, God never said go. But in a moment, God said, I want you to plant Dollar Generals and not Walmarts. And he said, and your next campus is going to be in Holly Pond, Alabama. And I just knew it just that quick. Now, from September to January, I shared that only with my wife. And for three, four months there, we just prayed over what we heard God say. In January of this year, I went to our elders and went to our seven pillar leaders and I shared the vision. And unanimously, every person said, we believe this is God. And now we are several months later, after a lot of due diligence on our part, planning, praying, preparing, doing our homework, coming to you, the church, to share with you the next step that we believe God has called us to take as a church. So this morning, I want to share with you our strategy. What is the campus plant strategy going to look like? And what are we going to do as we continue to multiply and reach out, uh, first and foremost, to Holly Pond, Alabama? Amen? So let me share this strategy with you. Number one, the Lord said, I want you to plant a campus with 50 to 75 people with the goal to grow to 150 to 300. Now, if we grow to 500 or 1,000, hey, we'll just grow till we stop growing. But the goal is not to grow big churches, but to grow great churches. So we're going to start out with 50 to 75 people. So what does that mean? That means we are praying and believing and looking for 50 to 75 people from our Arab campus that are willing to say, hey, I want to be a part of that Holly Pond campus plant, and I'm willing to commit myself to seeing that church be planted and grow and mature and become what God has called it to be. And this is what God began to show us. As we began to look at Holly Pond, we began to recognize that we have a solid core of people. Probably one of the biggest segments of people that drive outside of Arab come from the Fairview, Holly Pond, Bailiton, Joppa, Hansville area. People that are coming from that area already driving 30 some 45 minutes every Sunday to be a part of Liberty Church Arab and God just began to show us there's already a core of people already over there that could become a plant team to help launch that campus. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're here this morning you're like man Pastor Keith I'd love to be a part of that but I don't live in Holly Pond. You don't have to live in Holly Pond. You got a car? If you got a car you can drive and you feel like this is something God wants you to be a part of, then we want you to be a part of it. On June the 10th, we're going to give you an opportunity that night to make a commitment to find out some more information about how you can be involved in that Holly Pond campus plan. But God said, I want you to start with 50 to 75 people. And I want you to focus on growing that church to 150 to 300 people with the vision. Look at that next point. Of creating, look at this, creating a network of campuses that live to multiply. Every campus is going to focus on making disciples that will make disciples. Literally, we want to multiply on every level, right? Matthew chapter 28, 
It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The great commission is to go into all the world and make disciples, right? And we're going to plant, we're going to create a network of campuses, right? Because Holly Pond is going to be the first of many, right? Because every community deserves a life-giving church. Every community deserves a life-giving church. And so we're going to begin to create a network of campuses that are committed to making disciples that make disciples, right? We're going to be committed to multiplying. So the goal is not to grow a church of 500 or 1,000. The goal is to grow a church of 150 to 300 that can impact and influence a community. And out of that church and out of this church and out of every campus, we can continue to raise up people that want to be a part of reaching new communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Statistically, hands down, the best way to influence a community for Christ is to plant a church. Statistics, hand down, it's undeniable. The best way to influence a community for Christ is to plant a church into that community. And if it is a life-giving church, that church has the potential and ability to impact and influence that community for good and for the glory of God. Let me look at, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to read this to you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Paul says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. How many of you know we're actually intended to pass it on? We're intended to pass on our faith from one generation to another generation. I was talking with a pastor a couple weeks ago, and he said, Pastor Keith, do you, know if you're, do you know how to tell if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ? I said, no. How do you know if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ? He said, it's really simple. Disciples make disciples. How do you know you're a disciple? Because you're making disciples. How do you know you're a disciple? Because you're growing and becoming the person God has called you to be, and then you're reaching back to help other people grow and become the person God has called them to be. That's what discipleship's all about. It's about not only growing and becoming, but it's also about helping other people grow and become who God has called them to be. I want to challenge you with two questions today. Number one, are you growing and becoming? And number two, who are you investing in to help grow and become the person God has called them to be? Because disciples make disciples. And that doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be crazy. It's really practical. It's really just investing in people, spending time with people, loving on people, encouraging people, praying with people, challenging people. How many actually know that what God put in you, God wants to flow through you to other people? And so we're committed. See, there's, there's just, we've always been doing this, but we're going to have even a little more pointed focus of the idea that we want to help every person help other people. Right, how many of you know the greatest joy in your life is the joys that you find from helping others? Hey, hands down, your greatest joys in life are going to be the joys you're going to find, not through the things you personally experience yourself, but through the help and advantage and blessing that you give to other people. You're going to walk away from those things feeling so good about yourself and your life that it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever experienced. And so the vision and the strategy is that we're going to continue to create campuses, locations, with a vision for multiplication. 
And what that does is that shifts, it moves our focus. Because, because here's a little simple phrase I want you to think about. All of a sudden, when you shift into a discipleship mentality that says we want to create a multiplying church that multiplies on every level. That means we want to multiply in children's ministry. We want to multiply in youth ministry. We want to multiply in adult ministry. We want to multiply in worship ministry. We want to multiply in outreach ministry. We want to multiply in missions ministry. Right now we offer three to four trips a year. Wouldn't it be great if we were offering 34 trips a year? What if 52 weeks a year we had a mission trip going somewhere? Think about that. Think about the opportunities. Think about the potential for change. Think about what God could do if we could continue to create places for people to connect and grow and become who God has called them to be and then help other people connect and grow and become who God has called them to be. So we've got to multiply on every level. And all of a sudden, when you make that shift, this is what happens. Your shift goes from our seating capacity, right? You talk to most churches, and most churches are, are focused on their seating capacity. How many people can we get in the seats on Sunday morning? What would happen if we shifted our focus from our seating capacity to our sending capacity? What would happen if we became more concerned, not about how many people are in the seats, but how many people we are sending and releasing to do what God has called them to do. Maybe that's in Arab, Alabama. Maybe that's in Holly Pond, Alabama. Maybe it's in another community. I don't know where it could be. But the reality is simply this. All of a sudden, there's a shift that happens that says it's no longer about gathering. It's about growing and multiplying because there are people that desperately need to know God and we need to be training and equipping and releasing people to do what God has called them to do, whether that's in Arab or Holly Pond or in Lira, Uganda, wherever it is, we want to make sure that we are doing our part to make that happen. Amen? So our strategy is to plant with 50 to 75 people, grow to 150 to 300, and then create a network of campuses that live to multiply. Our campuses, look at that next point, We'll launch with two services, right? We'll have a 9.30 and 11 o'clock service at our campuses. And all seven pillar ministries, in parentheses, I put the word live. Now, you may not know what the seven pillar ministries of liberty are. Let me tell you what they are here today really quickly. Uh, they're the seven, they're seven ministries that we believe are the foundation stones of what we do here at Liberty Church. And most of what we do here at Liberty Church is what most churches do. We have a couple unique things that we feel like are definitely a part of our divine DNA. Number one, children's ministry. We made a commitment years ago. We're going to create a place where kids can grow and know God in a real and powerful way. Number two is youth ministries. We made a commitment years ago that we're going to create a place for young people, right, to grow and know God in a real and a personal way. Adult discipleship. We said we're going to be a discipleship-making church. We're going to be on purpose about training, equipping, and releasing people. And we talked last Sunday about all the opportunities that are available through Liberty Church and how that even now we are training and teaching other churches how to do discipleship all over the United States. Number four, worship. We want to create worship experiences where people can connect with God and grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ where we can have divine encounters with heaven. How many know that through worship, God shows up? And so we're committed to doing that on Sunday mornings, on Tuesday nights, on Friday nights, and now on Thursday nights at our Celebrate Recovery work release. We're committed to creating worship experiences where people can experience and know the presence of God and be changed by Him. Number five is Celebrate Recovery, right? We're committed to seeing broken, hurting people heal, right? Hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We're committed to see the greatest need being addressed by the greatest remedy, which is Jesus Christ. And people coming out of the bondage, not only of addiction and, and depression and suicide, but all the hurts, habits, and hang-ups that keep people from having real life. 
The sixth thing, the sixth pillar is outreach. We are committed to local outreach. We're going to reach out in our community. And we're going to meet physical, spiritual, relational needs in people's lives. And the last one is missions. We're going to go into all the world and make disciples. Those seven things are the seven pillars of Liberty Church. So when we launch a new campus in Holly Pond, we're going to launch that campus with all seven pillar ministries alive and well and intact. So that campus will open up as a smaller version of what we're doing here with all seven of those ministries in place and everything will be live. We'll have a campus pastor. It won't be video preaching. There'll be a live campus pastor there. There'll be a live worship leader there and everything will be, do be done live. Why? Because we believe people need people. Right? And we love technology and we're going to utilize technology. And every now and then we may bring a video message on the screen to you. But the reality is, is we understand people need people. People connect to people and people connect to people and therefore people connect to God by connecting to people. Amen. And so all of our ministries are going to be live. We'll have a campus pastor that will lead that campus. We'll have a worship team and worship ministry. We'll have children's and youth ministries. We'll have outreach ministries, celebrate recovery. We'll have missions ministries. All of those things, those seven pillars will be fully functioning in that new campus in Holly Pond, Alabama. Amen? All right. Each campus will seat about 100 to 150 people uh, because we're going to have two services, so that will give us an opportunity to grow between two to 300 in size. With children, youth, discipleship, cafe, and kitchen space available. The Dollar General Model, the DG Model, Dollar General Model allows us to keep financial costs down and the spiritual numerical leadership growth up. How many of you know the bigger your house is, the bigger your utility bills are? <laughs> and I love big buildings and big places and big spaces, but I want you to understand this Dollar General Model gives us an opportunity to multiply and grow, but at the same time keep the financial costs down. Why? Because we're not having to build monster buildings. We're able to take smaller facilities and multiply what we're doing on a smaller level using multiple services on Sunday morning, using discipleship and outreach ministries throughout the week, using small groups to infiltrate the community, and all of a sudden we can do what we're doing in ARAB in Holly Pond in a smaller facility with a lot less cost with a great big bang for our buck. Amen. Getting spiritual, numerical, and leadership growth up while we try to keep the financial cost down. Amen. All right. Y'all still with me? All right. So this next level growth vision creates a discipleship model church that continually makes room for God and people. Two things we've always got to do, and I'm going to close with this. Two things we've always got to do. We've got to make room for God, right? We've got to make room for the Holy Spirit to work. How many know if God's not at work, we're not having church? Church is not an assembly of people. Church is an assembly of, assembly of people that are visited by the presence and power of God. It is His presence that makes church church. And so we got to continue to make room for God to work in the lives of people. And we believe God loves people. And then we have to continually make room for people. Two types of people. we got to continually make room for new people. How many know God loves new people? How many know the only way to grow a church is to actually reach new people? If the same people keep coming and we don't reach any new people, then guess what? You don't have a growing, healthy church. So God loves new people, so we got to make room for new people, but we also got to make room for each of us that are here to create a place for you to grow and become the person God has called you to be. Because where you're at today is not where you're going to be at tomorrow, and where you're at tomorrow, you may need a new place to do what God's called you to do. And we want to make sure that we're always creating places for people. Creating places for people to serve. Creating places for people to lead. Creating places for people to use their gifts, their talents, and their abilities for the glory of God. 
And I shared this with you last week, and I'm going to close with this. Biggest lie a preacher tells, right? I'm closing, right? I'm sorry. Second closing. God said to me years ago, he said, Keith, don't use people to fulfill the vision. Use the vision to fulfill people. I honestly believe with all of my heart today that 20 years ago, God gave us this vision for each and every person in this room today. God gave us the vision. The vision of Liberty Church is not so you can fulfill the vision, but so God can use the vision to help fulfill you. Because I really believe what I said at the very beginning. When you find God's vision for your life, God's vision for your life, I believe, connects you to God's vision for this church. And when we connect those dots together, all of a sudden we find the fulfillment, the peace, the joy, and the satisfaction that can only be found by serving and living and loving God. Amen. I want to ask you just to bow your heads this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed for just a minute. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're visiting with us. If you are, we want to say we're honored you're here today. This is an unusual message, but uh, I don't believe you're here by accident, and I believe this about God. I believe that God can show up at any moment at any time where His name is exalted and honored, and He can do the work He wants to do. And Maybe you're here today, and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith? I don't know anything about multi-churches and multi-locations and all this stuff you've been talking about, but all I know is right now I believe with all my heart that I need God. I need Him. And as you've been sitting here talking this morning, I realize that more than anything else, I need Him. And I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and I believe He rose again on the third day, and today I want to ask Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and my Savior. And lead me into the future and the hope that God has for me. If that's you this morning, you say this morning, Pastor Keith, I want to be saved. That's what the Bible calls it. I want to be saved. I want to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sin, be my Lord and my Savior. I want to commit my life to follow Him. If that's you today, I want to ask you real boldly just to stand to your feet. Just a simple act of faith. You're not going to have to come forward. Nobody's going to look at you. But if you're here today and you say, today, I want to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and my Savior. I want to know that when I die, I'm going to spend eternity forever in a place called heaven. And if that's your heart's desire today, you can make a simple act of faith, and I want to pray with you. If that's you, I want to give you just another second to stand. And we're about to close the service this morning. If you want to pray and accept Christ, this is your moment to do so. Thank you, Father. Well, Father, we just thank you today for the vision and mission of your son, Jesus. And God, I thank you, Lord, that you have called us and connected us to something bigger and grander than ourselves. It's your kingdom. And Lord, I thank you today that you are making a place in Arab, Alabama, in Holly Pond, Alabama, and in the nations of the world for your people to grow and become who you've called us to be. So Lord, today I pray that fresh vision and Lord, your vision for this church, Father, would burn in us like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. We love you. Have a great day in the Lord. If you're visiting with us today in the back in our cafe area, we have a special gift we'd love to give you. If you want to stop by there, the first time guest area on the way out, there's someone back there to meet and greet you. We love you. Have a great day in the Lord.